Adap Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, Steve from Adapt Nation and welcome back to the Adapt Nation podcast. In today's episode, Bryn and I do get a little juvenile as we reminisce about our younger years when testosterone was raging and we wanted to hump everything in sight and really dealing with those changes of growing up, uh, becoming a young man and yeah, some of the silliness that happens along the way. So we talk about that for 15 to 20 minutes. We then get into the two interview style questions. The first is why do I care so much about training and my body goals? Instagram and Facebook may suggest that there's vanity and ego at play here that drive my action. And you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. I think the answer may surprise you here as we dig into my why and really the metaphor um, that I draw from the gym, I think propels me in my life. It helps me show up, put in hard work and make progress that I believe has parallels across every aspect of my life I want to be better at. The second question is about how to create balance in life and does balance exist? In short, I don't think it does. I don't think it does whether you're the world's best at something or you have a mediocre life. There's always something that's lagging and something you'd rather give more time to but you can't or haven't prioritized. This conversation gets really raw, really honest and quite emotional. Um, We get into understanding the need to choose how my life has been one of flip-flopping between one thing I care about deeply to something else that I care about deeply. And the hope is in time you build the muscle memory such that that thing that you've been maniacal on becomes something you can do without thinking. And then you layer on something else in your life that you want to fix, improve or optimise. This talks about my kids. It talks about my life. It talks about advice I've been given from my father-in-law It is something that is quite reflective and I hope through that discussion, you'll get to understand yourself a little bit better too. And with that said, let's get on with the show. We hope you enjoy it, guys. Did you check my blog on the the blood panel thing that I put up there? So, um, I got a few comments back because I was pretty open. I spoke about the things that are good and the things that are not so good. Yeah. One of the things it picked up on was that my testosterone level is quite low yeah which really annoys me Mm -hmm. because as a guy you want to have yeah you want your testosterone to be raging right you just assume that's a good thing that's a manly thing that's what you want to be high you want that to be low so here here, take a look here's here's the testosterone pack from medichex I need to go and take my blood again are you redoing it redoing it again right okay so the last time I've measured my testosterone twice the first was borderline low Mm -hmm. the second was pretty much the same slightly improved um and if i'm honest it's 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 a problem that i think i've had for most of my life i think my testosterone has always been a little bit lower than my friends Mm -hmm. now we'll talk about my maybe talk about our teenage Mm -hmm. years in a second but generally i'd say i'm definitely a lover not a fighter this doesn't mean you cross-dress though no Oh, <laughs> you've seen my outfits, right? <laughs> well, yeah, debatable. No, I am. 
Oh, yeah, that'll explain the pink trousers in the gym. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely got more creativity than, say, some of my friends. I'm a little bit more outgoing from a fashion perspective. Yeah. I, whenever I drink, I don't brawl. I always end up getting more cuddly and just more Everybody intimate cheers. with friends. Right. I, there, there's never like this aggression. Though, are you when you drink? No, I don't think so. No. No, I don't think I've cried. Some people that have, when they have like gin, uh, apparently gin's the one that makes people cry and get all emotional. No, I don't think I go. I don't think I go emotional, but I definitely get more kind of intimate and cuddly and friendly. <laughs> I like like cuddle random people in the bar and stuff, and yeah. just want to chit chat with loads of people. Whereas I, I know other guys that you give them a drink and they just want to like have a fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, have, yeah. You must know people like that. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I completely turn into a lover, not fighter, and you just end up, everyone's your friend, and you become the joker, and, and you go one way or the other, or you see, like you say, other people, and they just get a little bit aggressive. Someone looks at their weird. girlfriend the wrong way, and they're, yeah. they're just stepping into someone's face, and they want to you know, take them outside and have a fight. That's never happened to me. And as I think about when I was a, when I was a kid, like in, in the like kind of 11 to 13 year old range yeah when you go from being kind of asexual as a kid <laughs> yeah to being like things are changing right you must you start noticing the girls and well yeah you start, start noticing yeah. your body starts to change you're in the toilet all of a sudden you're like where did these hairs come from right <laughs> I, I remember when I I can't what age I must have been about 13 14 I remember my chest started developing I was like what what's what the hell are the, you know what's this lump coming up my chest and it was just where I started growing muscle in my chest. I wasn't going to the gym or anything at that point. And I just remember my body changing. And I was like going from a boy to a man. It was like quite a quick transition as well. But obviously you notice these changes in your body. And it's quite a weird sort of experience when you're a kid. Well, a I, I remember I was, <laughs> I was in a bath once and... Yeah, just, 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 just watched myself. It was, a, it was a young kid. It must have been 11 or so. And I remember calling my mum in and saying, Mum, 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 quick, come and have a look. Maybe I was 10. And I was like, Milk, look at these hairs. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And that little blonde little sprouting hairs. Oh, I'm like, what the oh, fuck God. is this? <laughs> I bet and, your mum said that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but then thereafter, I think, you know, the hormones absolutely did rage, right? Yeah. Testosterone, I think they say peaks at 20. So it goes from being dormant as, a, as, as obviously a little kid. And then you get into your early teens and up to the early 20s, it's just escalating. Yeah. And I remember going from being somewhat asexual to all of a sudden just like wanting to hump anything <laughs> inside, right? Like a little rabbit. Yeah. Just like constantly thinking about yeah. sex or what it would be like to have sex and girls and seeing everyone and like getting, getting a boner all the bloody time. <laughs> it was it's a couple of years where yeah. you're struggling with all of that stuff, right? And your, your day and your week revolves around that because that's your main driver, isn't it? At that age, that's what you, you, you're motivated by. So that's probably why you go to the gym at that age and your, your, your lifestyle revolves around it. Did you, did you ever have any pictures of girls up on your, on your wall? No, no, I, uh, I was, I wasn't, I was quite, um, aware that my mum was in the house, so I don't know, I don't, I'm not really an emotional person or an open, um, I wasn't when I was a teenager anyway, and I just don't think I wanted to show 
that kind of side of me in front of my mum, it was embarrassing. So I was like, I've never put like, or let her know that I was into girls or anything like that. So oh, I really? Pictures up. Yeah. So if I think about, I, I didn't, re- I wasn't really, you know, when you go to some people's houses and that kid's room is just plastered with, um, with posters on all walls. <laughs> so you can't even see any of the walls. Yeah, it wasn't like, like that. Like I that. was more selective posters, but I did do posters. And I remember my first posters were probably about dinosaurs. Right. When I was a kid, right, I liked all the dinosaurs and like get a couple of magazines, they'd come with some like A2 posters, stick them up on the wall. Ross from Friends would say dinosaurs on his wall. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, can't, I can't say I geeked out on them, it was just okay. a thing. So I had dinosaurs, and then it was Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Hedgehog posters. Okay, this is bit, it was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And then the testosterone kicked in. <laughs> And, and the change. Sonic the Hedgehog posters came down, and then it was things like Carmen Electra, and yeah. you know other like you know, mo- you know just fitness say. model girls and stuff like that. You'd get through. Oh, what were those magazines? Loaded. Yeah. Remember Loaded. Yeah, yeah. Nuts. And nuts. Yeah, they're all these kind of yeah. nakedly naked or half naked. These girls. are kind of magazines that your friends would have in their school bag, and they put it out, and everyone would like crowd around, and have a look when you're at school. It was simpler times back then, man, because when, when the internet and, you know, internet porn didn't exist, now you used to get your, your rocks off on the most basic of things, right? Yeah. Right? I remember I remember when I was, when I was young, my mum had a Litwoods catalogue, and, and this was when hormones were raging, and I'd right. go to, like, the bra section, and I wouldn't, like, jack, you know, get off on it, but I'd be, like, I'd be turned on by seeing women in their bra. <laughs> It's like your mum never took you to the uh, bra section in M&S. Oh, I would have had a fit. <laughs> I would have had an absolute fit. What do you re- What do you remember most about that kind of time in your life? I remember I was kind of... Oh, I wasn't aggressive. I think I was more competitive in my nature back then because... And that's probably f- from the driver wanting to impress, impress the girls. So you, you're trying to... Show your masculinity and and try and be the best at everything and and just impress everyone. I think that's where I sort of remember things. Um, also, tell a lie. I did actually have Beyonce on my wall for a bit, and it was like it wasn't even a poster. It was one step up from that. It was um, uh, what is it like a canvas, big sort of frame? Really? And it was about yeah. The it was about frame. four foot high, oh my two Lord. foot wide. I had on the wall, <laughs> but I was a little bit older by then. But when did he get that from? I can't remember. I think I nicked it off my um off my sister. I think <laughs> she did. I think she was moving out, and I was like, I'll have that because Beyonce. I think Beyonce is absolutely gorgeous. So I was like, right, yeah. have her on my wall, and it matched the color theme in my room. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> um, Put it down yeah. to stylistic choice versus exactly. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so there obviously there was things like the Littlewoods catalogue and. Uh, <laughs> The posters on the wall. Yeah. I also also had internet. When, when was that? When did I get internet? Maybe around about 13 or so, like with AOL and stuff like that. Yeah. Managed to hook up the internet connection. I actually traipsed a wire from my living room yeah. all the way up into my bedroom so I can connect my Mac to the internet with dial-up. And um, yeah, that was interesting times as well. <laughs> right? it's, yeah. And now if you think about it, you fast forward to today, we were so naive and um uninformed as kids when i was growing yeah. up like i'm 36 now and yeah you know you you were limited as a guy to 
the Sun page three, uh, the the catalogs, the odd poster the loaded. Have, they do, don't they? And now, like, you know, to be honest, I think it's too far. They've got so much exposure now, haven't they? They're like, they can go on the internet, and there's there's nothing that isn't on the internet. Um, it does make you wonder how it affects kids now, because we obviously. We had like obviously nuts and page three in the sun, but it was quite innocent really. Um, it would just be like topless women, wouldn't it? Which I don't think they have anymore in the sun. I think they stopped that. Yeah, it's pointless now, right? Yeah, yeah. Comparison to what else you can get. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they stopped that now. Which um... I I remember being on build. Here we go. I remember being on a building site with my um, father-in-law. Uh, sorry, with my stepdad, and he would be. You know, just putting stuff together, and they would use a lot of newspaper just to generally put stuff on the floor, and you know, as they're painting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at this one building site, and they must have had you know tons and tons of papers they'd used for the months of work they were there, and they'd use the papers and then chuck them in the front yard. They all happen to be page. And and I remember, I remember clearly, I was going through these soddy, soddy <laughs> um, papers, newspapers. Uh, you know, my lunch break, and I was just opening up to page three. I'll take that one, I'll take that one. <laughs> a little collection of page threes yeah. from these old newspapers. I'm telling you, man, when you were that you need age, to get a girlfriend. when you were that age, it was just, I don't know, it was just this drive that makes no sense bit. now. Yeah. I remember when my dad took me to um car garage and we were standing in his office talking to the mechanic, and on his wall, he had topless women you know, I don't know, standing next to a car with greasy overalls yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was young and I just remember I couldn't stop looking at it and I was like I didn't want my dad to catch me and I was like oh <laughs> yeah, that's part of growing up and and I recall when I was that age it was really embarrassing to have mm. that interest like yeah. you know so I'm, as you say I wouldn't want anyone that really to know that yeah. I'm looking at this page three or you know I'm feeling kind of like this kind of sexual drive within me because you felt it was wrong and it was dirty, right? Yeah, but really, it was dirty it's just to have these thoughts. Yeah. And like the first time I had like a wet dream, I'm like, "What the fuck just happened there?" <laughs> I had no idea what this was. Right? I had yeah. never experienced anything like that before. People talk about wet dreams. I've, I don't think I've ever had one. Really? No. Oh, it was it was a daily occurrence for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you just oh, it was it was. And, and the thing is, because you're so embarrassed, because <laughs> you don't know what it is. Yeah. You don't know why it's happened. It's and almost like, it's almost like wetting it. yourself in the bed. And you're like, I've got my pants. I've got to get my pants through the washing. <laughs> but I don't want my mum to see that yeah. you know, there's all this <laughs> yeah. like, spunk in there. So, you know, I remember having to go into the bathroom and mum was looking and like, rush, scrub them clean enough <laughs> and then let them dry then put them it's into the washing. to think about it. It was insane. <laughs> but getting back to the point, I've got this testosterone kit, um, and I'm not sure, but I suspect that my testosterone is creeping up. Mm-hmm. I'm def- definitely feeling some of the benefits of high testosterone, which is you now when I was eat- when I was having big meals at night, I would go- I'd almost need to kind of go into a coma, kind of sleep state immediately afterwards, which is a sign yeah. of low testosterone. My libido was pretty shot, if I was honest. Um, and I would struggle with mood and um, kind of rattiness, a few other things. And I would I would struggle with it, with the gym, like really putting enough energy and kind, yeah. of, kind of beast mode into my workouts. Now I don't think things have changed massively. My libido still needs to kind of. I, I feel at times, 
I allow myself to be do, too distracted and I don't let myself kind of focus on like, you know, you know kind of the sexual side. But I found that my gym is definitely improving. I'm not falling asleep after food. Yeah. I have more energy. I have more ability to get hard stuff done, mm-hmm. more difficult things done earlier yeah. in the day, which are all signs that you've got a more healthy testosterone. More energy, more drive. What, so, what are you changing to, to help improve your testosterone levels? So it's, it's, it's holistic, right? Yeah. So it's everything from getting enough sleep yeah. to... Um, Getting my kind of nutrition on point, eating some, eating the foods which are known to be not, not taken away from testosterone levels. Getting less stressed out, so trying to get mm. myself out of stress states. Um, and I'd say that's mostly it. And you know, rest, recovery, hitting the gym hard, and then eating foods which are known to not be inflammatory and help kind of create less tension and stress yeah. in the body. Those three things are probably what subjectively it give me a sense that my testosterone is improving. Plus, if you look at my before and after pictures, my body's definitely changing. Well, the, the blood works can obviously give you that feedback as well, doesn't it? Exactly, so, and it may it, this may be complete placebo, mm-hmm. but I know my body's changing, and your body can't change without sufficient levels of testosterone, human growth factor, uh, hormone in your body. So I've definitely got enough to yeah. create the change that is necessary to be anabolic and put muscle on the frame. Maybe it could be faster if I had more, Yeah, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. So I don't know, we'll see. I'd be interested to, yeah, we'll obviously let you guys know, I suppose, when you get your, your uh, results back, so that'd be interesting. Um, I remember when I was probably about 16, I think, and I remember thinking that my testosterone levels were probably low and no real reason it's just because i probably wasn't sleeping well enough i wasn't eating well enough i wasn't training progressive i wasn't doing all the right things that you need to do in order to sort of grow and get stronger and uh so obviously i looked at supplementation as most people do um when it's when you're not doing all the other things right and you go oh maybe this supplement can help me get there and i think it's called la muscle or something and they're testosterone boosters and i took them for about for a few weeks, I think I took him. And um, a guy that was, I think he was in his 20s, and he he was quite well trained, came up to me and he was like, give me give me your, you know, come over here, give me your hair. He grabbed my hair and he like pulled some of my hair out. And it kept, came out quite easy. It was in his hand. And I was like, what are you doing that for? And he was like, that's because you're taking testosterone. And he goes, it, it, it's making your hair fall out. So I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, I don't want my hair to fall out. So I stopped taking him. Now, whether that was true or not, I think it's just because... Do testosterone boosters have testosterone in them? Don't know. I, I just, I took them, I didn't look into it. I was just typical, naive, sort of 16, 17-year-old. And I, oh, just, right. I just bought bought them thinking, I'm going to look like the guy on the front of the the bottle and started taking them. And when he done that, I was like, God, if it's, my hair's going to fall out, I'm going to take them. Luckily, I stopped because we know that taking testosterone boosters can obviously have a negative effect on testosterone long term um so luckily i didn't take them for long enough for that f- negative effect to happen mm. but yeah it, that just scared me but i don't know whether i mean my hair's obviously definitely thinned since then so i don't know if that's just um well, you were about 16 did you say the time about 16 you definitely you, def- you would have had raging testosterone done exactly and there was nothing i could have done really to improve it um, through supplements the only thing I could have done was probably rest and recover better eat more 
train better. Train hard. Exactly. Yeah. But I obviously wasn't looking at the, the big rocks and I was looking at... If you think about it, if you've got low testosterone, mm. I just think it can emasculate men to the point where you don't feel very good about yourself. Yeah. Right, you know, you can start getting man boobs, gynomastic PR, I think it's called. Um, Did you, you, didn't you suffer with this when you... I, I, had, a, I, had, I had a small... Yeah, it was a it was a very mild case, right? So yeah. I didn't have man boobs, but I had like kind of like puffy nipples, which I think was the onset of of too much estrogen in my body and yeah. not enough testosterone. Um, but low testosterone as a man in their thirties and forties and fifties, your testosterone will decline with age. Yeah. After thirty, it drops. So after twenty five, it starts dropping and it'll keep oh. keep declining. So you need to think about trying to protect yourself against that decline, and Eat, overeating, having too much wheat, um, not working out, not getting enough sleep, being too stressed are all things that are going to have that decline faster. Yeah. And you'll see that with lots of visceral fat, you know, men who've got really big, like big bellies, you know, maybe some man boobs, they're starting to soften and being a bit too, not too feminine, but you see they're losing some of their masculinity. Yeah. It's really a function of their testosterone diving. And then when it dives too much, you'll find that you're not very proactive, um, you're not as um, deliberate in getting lots of hard work done. Motivation is... Motivation really suffers, you, you fall asleep all the time, you need, you need naps all the time. This is all the sign that testosterone, which is this anabolic, anabolic um, hormone that helps drive kind of fight and flight response to try and get you up and going, yeah. get you energised. If that's too low, you just won't have enough energy. And then, obviously, you can get erectile dysfunction, yeah. really low libido, other issues like that. So healthy testosterone levels is, is important. And it's important enough for me that I'm thinking mid-30s, it should still be relatively high. If it's lower than it, sh it should be for my age, yeah. based on the averages, I want to see if through my lifestyle and my nutrition, if I can just put it back to where it should be. Yeah. Does that make kind of make sense? Yeah, I look forward to seeing your results. Adaptation. So we've had a few questions come in from a few of our listeners. So, question number one: Why do you train, and why do you care so much about your training? Where does the motivation come from? Um, and yeah, just why do you why do you care about it so much? It's that is a good question, and um, it's one of the reasons we picked this up is that. It's a question I ask myself a lot. Yeah. Because the effort that needs to go into training the way that I do, mm -hmm. where it's not just training, but it's diet and it's rest, is all of these things I'm trying to dial in yeah. to a really optimal level. Sometimes you check yourself and you ask, like, why? Why yeah. am I doing this? Like, who cares? Does anyone, does anyone else give a shit about how my body looks? Yeah. Because the reality is they don't. You know, everyone's caring about their own stuff. They've got their own troubles, their own needs and issues. Yeah. They don't care about how healthy, fit, and good-looking I may or may not be. Yeah. And I know that. So I, I want the li listeners to know, and hopefully this is something that can relate to a lot of people, is I'm not training for anyone else. Mm. I'm training for me. But if I go back, and actually segues quite nicely from the conversation we're just having, if I think about my training, I've... I've been in the gym since I was probably about 13. Mm -hmm. And when I was training, when I was in my teens and early 20s, my 
motivations were definitely extrinsic. It was definitely yeah. um, for others. Just vanity, pure vanity. Would you say it was? It was. It was. You know, I wanted to be masculine. I wanted to be good looking. I wanted my body to be in shape so people give me compliments and you know I get you know I get the attention that you know that I need from the opposite sex. It was definitely like my you know first time I found the gym 13 14 it was definitely because I wanted to peacock. Do you think there was some of that now? Um because there's nothing wrong with us wanting to take pride in our, our the way we look, right? Yeah, I, there's I definitely care about my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. And I want people to not think I'm. No, no, no. It's difficult. I'm not. I'm You're not. Like I'm not shallow. Yeah, I'm not training for anyone else. I'm not training for the likes or for people to give me a high five or say that I'm doing a good job or mm-hmm. wolf whistles or any stupidness. I'm not doing this for anyone else other than me. But back in my teens and early twenties, mm-hmm. it was absolutely to present to the world that I'm in good shape. Hundred percent, and it was definitely driven through this need to peacock and need to yeah. get attract, you know, be attractive to the opposite sex. Now, I got with Michelle when I was seventeen. Um, so, in the lead up to that, the motivation was to find some, you know, find someone without me even realizing. Yeah. When I was with Michelle, I did continue to train, but it came in and out because you know you're in a relationship; you don't yeah. have to try as hard. But I would always find myself back in the gym. And I think it wasn't just the physical side of, uh, you know, how I look and the visual side. It was more that it training makes me feel good. Doing yeah. something with my body makes me feel good. So I'd, I'd say those were the two reasons, right? You know, for, for external feedback and just the feel-good factor of just like working out and being physical. Yeah. So, so what would you say your... What is your biggest drive right now? Obviously, obviously, you're saying that you it's the way you feel. Would you say that is is purely the the drive right now? Is the way the training makes you feel? No, 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 no. So, no, no. no. There's a lot more to that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'd be missing a step if I just advanced straight to now. Mm-hmm. There was a an intermediate stage between now and what I just described, which was like kind of my mid twenties to say early 30s and if I if I'm honest training them was just trying to prevent the decline right yeah because you know knee deep in work um my balance had definitely shifted to other things and you know you get to the end of your 20s and you start to see your body is less forgiven Mm. you start to put on pounds of weight where otherwise that would never happen and you haven't changed anything yeah, everyone everyone can relate to that. So I would then go to the gym, but it would be episodic. I wouldn't have a long term plan. It would be more acute in nature, like I've got to lose this weight now. Yeah. So I'd get back into the gym to try and get myself back in shape. I'd have lofty goals, but I wouldn't be able to keep to those because yeah. I never had enough positive reinforcement that when yeah. I train, my body changes enough. It was just kind of like treading water. Yeah. So mid twenties to early thirties prevent the decline but now I would say this is all about me Mm -hmm. this has got I'd say maybe 10% is for others yeah 90% is absolutely all for me let me explain that there's a couple of things that are going on for me with and then parallels I create with training 
Firstly, I'm loving this positive reinforcement that when I do something, things change. It's, it's so fulfilling to be able to have a plan, execute against the plan, and get positive, measurable reinforcement that yeah. things are changing. And I get, I get off on making progress. Yeah. So I love the idea of sculpting my body. Not because I'm trying to create some perfect specimen of a, of a body to then, you know, get reinforcement from the outside world. But I've always had this connection with having a physically strong body. Yeah. I've always had a view of what that looks like and I've never been able to get there. Mm-hmm. Not, as, not as a kid, not in my 20s, not now. I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But I now have so much more knowledge and power and... Um, reinforcement through enough change and transformation over the last two years that I know if I want it I can get it but it's a journey yeah and that then kind of leads me on to the next point which is I'm more about the journey than I'm about the destination now Mm -hmm. yeah for me this is all about climbing the mountain versus reaching the summit and that was a big mental shift for me incredibly important isn't it big mental shift if i think about whenever i've trained up until the last couple of years it was always to achieve an outcome weight loss certain shape and i'd never get those goals yeah and even if i did get the weight loss goal the 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 look in the mirror wasn't what i wanted anyway Mm -hmm. so trying to strive for a specific goal and that be the only reason i go to the gym just seems to be too short term for me now I'm enjoying the pursuit. I'm enjoying the character building nature yeah. of long-term commitment to this process. I'm enjoying Get the process. Yeah. So I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying the character building nature of mm-hmm. just showing up. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 there's, there's a lot of parallels, I think, between the gym and having a fulfilling, progressive, and successful life. What you have to do in the gym, I think, relates perfectly towards trying to do anything else in life. You build these values, don't you, that carry over. What have you got to do? You've got to show up every day. Yeah. You've got to have a plan. Yeah. You've got to put in lots of hard work. You've got to tax yourself to do more than you did the previous week. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions and push against enormous resistance and learn to be patient and learn to be patient i mean all these things yeah you, you take gym away and if you just picked up this conversation from five seconds ago you'd think i'd be talking about motivation and life yeah and that power those parallels have been mapped together so strongly for me now yeah that me being good in anything else in my life has got to start with me committing to the gym take gym away talk about working out using my body and making progress towards something physical maps into and influences every other element of my life whether it's work whether it's energy and willingness to be more better father Mm -hmm. be more committed to my family put more effort into seeing my friends um you know thinking about holidays doing difficult stuff, doing crap stuff, doing all the admin stuff, mm-hmm. you know, doing the creative stuff that we do at Adaptation. All of that is possible because 
I've set the tone in the gym, which is I turn up, I get shit done, I have a plan, I'm making progress, I'm in control, I'm, I'm, in, I'm the master of this puppet. Yeah. Right? I'm pulling the strings and the outcomes are happening. It just, it's this, this massive positive reinforcement for over. me that carries over into everything else in my life. So you're saying that the values that you build within the gym and this almost what we could call a system that you're using to get your goals in the gym applies to pretty much everything else in your life. You can do this, you can use these same skills that you've built in the gym. 100%. I totally agree. Hundred percent. I mean, do you do you kind of see it in the same way? A hundred percent. I mean, when I first started training, I was inconsistent. I wasn't patient. I didn't plan ahead. I was the complete opposite to what you need to get your goals. And you learn by getting a kick up the ass constantly. You know, you get your ass handed to you because you're working hard, but then you're not seeing any results because you're not doing all the other things like consistency and all the big core values that you need in order to do that. So it took me quite a while to learn that I need to change my character. And again, that's character building. Once I did build my character, I started to see better results. And then that, like you said, is carried over to other areas of my life, um, be it with adaptation and the studio that I run. It's exactly the same. The same rules apply. Um, I think the gym is the best place to practice that and that's where I think when you go to the gym and you're consistent you turn up every day you work hard you're patient you're progressive in your manner with the way that you train you'll start to see results and you go I can do this I just need to apply the right sort of system to it and I need to stick by my values and that's where I think it carries over so nicely into sort of your day-to-day life in your career family life and this, this, this isn't just me saying this. If you listen to any, any like big time bodybuilder or, any, or anyone really in the fitness space, but look at Ben uh, Pekulski, for example, three hundred and ten pound mm. like muscle beast Monster. of a man. Yeah. Um, and he's really intelligent, and he'll talk. He'll talk through. Yeah, he goes to the gym. Oh no, he's he's had this career in bodybuilding because he just enjoys. The, the the pursuit mm. what it's created what it's proved to him is that he can achieve anything he wants yeah that it's not about genetics it's it's not about doing it for others it's not about just being gifted it's it's hard work commitment and just this maniacal focus that if you want to be great at something you're going to turn up show up and yeah. push yourself to the limits and do that every day and that character building nature of going to the gym if you go to the gym and do it properly if you go to the gym and you just show up do do an hour of pointless stuff be on your phone for most of it go more for a social i don't think it has the same character building impact same same value to the rest of your life but if you go to the gym with a purpose and a mission fuck me it's just it's i think about the the moments in my life where i've had the most progress or the most um uh velocity yeah and it's the, the, being physical has always been there it's been the instigator it's been the influencer it's been the catalyst so that for me is the reason why i train i train because i enjoy the process 
I love the idea of sculpting my body mm-hmm. and showing myself and others that it can be done. Yeah. Right? This is about it can be done. Yeah. Not I want you to like me because look at my body. It's like I want to show you that if you want it's something big, but bad enough and you have enough knowledge and you turn up and be patient mm-hmm. and you dial things in, you can get what you want. Exactly. So I know I can get where I want to get to, but I'm going to have to keep putting in that time effort in the gym. The last thing I would say about about the gym <clears throat> and working out generally is I think it's probably 50-50 between training your body and training your brain. Mm. Now, people may say, well, that's fucking bullshit. You're not, you're not learning, you're not reading books, you're not you know, developing your knowledge about the world by going into the gym, and that's fair. But you are training yourself your brain to do hard work Mm. like when i have to do a really heavy deadlift Mm. 170 kilograms or something like that what i have to do mentally to be ready for that lift is fairly significant right i don't just rock up to the bar Mm. and hope for the best because if i do that i'm almost definitely going to get hurt you know i'm definitely going to cause myself some problem so you know, within that rest period of two to three minutes, I'm, you know, trying to psych myself up, right? I'm trying to get my, my, my focus in, narrowed in onto this one task. I'm trying to get my body ready for mm. a, an enormous ask. I'm thinking about firing up as much of my muscle and as much of my nervous system as possible. And think about that. Your ability to control your body with that level of precision mm. and control your central nervous system so it turns everything up when you need it most. That, for me, if you can control your physicality to mm. that degree to do something enormously difficult that you've never done before and you go do that, yeah. think about how you're training your brain and your central nervous system to go ask your body to take action outside of the gym when you need to. And that for me is like it's a goosebump moment of of kind of realization that I'm training myself to do hard work yeah. and have that I don't know that uh, resourcefulness uh, to tap into my tap into you know all of my body all of my mind all of my nervous system when I need it that. Cannot be replicated. It's that cognitive outside of the function gym. and ability, isn't it, to be able to tap into your body? Can you relate to what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. I think you need to. You need to if you're going to lift heavy, or not necessarily just lift heavy, but let's say if you're a bodybuilder, you need that muscle mind connection. You have to slow down and think about what you're doing. You have to tune into what your body's doing and what you feel. Although it may not make you smarter in terms of um, maths. It makes you smart in terms of how your brain and your body connects and how you use that. That's where I think your brain starts to knock up a, a notch or two in the, in its ability to, to think and feel the body. I think that's huge. So you heard it here, guys. Training makes you smarter. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in, uh, one of my own questions here. Was there ever a time that you didn't care about your training? So we're talking about you know, obviously the motivation and the drive behind why you're training. Did you ever not have that? Loads of times, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say 
it's when you become when you start to not believe it anymore, right? Yeah. So even when the the balance in life gets shifted so dramatically in another direction, yeah, or you fall off the the wagon, or and has that happened to you often? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, quite frequently. Where you know, for whatever reason, you're you're bang on it, and then there's an event, right? There's yeah. either a holiday or work gets really busy or you just start to deprioritize it a couple of days a week that leads to yeah. the full week that leads to a few months. So there's been many of times when I've fallen off the wagon. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big foodie, so the, the weight inevitably comes on if I allow myself to just eat what I want and gorge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start disbelieving. I, I, I would say two, three years ago, I would have had the kind of inner belief that it's not possible. Yeah. Like, it's too hard. It is what it is. I've got a dad bod now, and it's... That can I'm putting, seriously I'm putting, dampen your motivation. I'm putting the weight yeah. on, and, you know, I've got to lose too much weight to make a difference now. And yeah. My body's never changed in the 30, you know, 20-odd years I've been working out, so, hey, it's what it is. Just accept it, and just let your body do what it's going to do. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been in the same boat as you there. Like, when you don't see the changes happening, it's just like... Why am I even doing it? This is, this is a lot of hard All work. For, for, not for a lot. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And you, you kind of, it just seriously dampens your motivation. Um, but you've got to stick with it. You'll be patient. These things take a long time. You've got to keep building your character. You've got to keep building the habits in order to, to make the changes. And you will get there. But as you can see, you've fallen off the wagon a few times, but you've, you've carried on. And now you're at the other end where you've learnt from your from your mistakes and, and you recognise why you fall off the wagon. And now you're, would you say you're more consistent now and that happens less? I'm, I'm absolutely addicted. Yeah. Absolutely addicted to both training and anything and everything yeah. around optimising my physical self so I can turn up and be yeah. a better person on this world. Okay. Like that's where I'm at right now, and that's why it's, there's no mistake why adaptation is here. You know, this is this is almost, you know, it's coming down from the gods, right? For me, this is it's my awakening. It's me, my realization. Yeah. Of how important it is to be, you know, just turn up and be your best. And for me, being my best means I've got to be physical. I want to get my nutrition on point. If I could do those two things and I look after myself, I know I can be a better father, a better husband, a better businessman, and I can add value to other people because I'm in a good spot and I'm optimising myself for the benefit of others. So that's where it's at right now. It is no mistake that adaptation, it wasn't just a spare-of-the-moment thing. It's been this journey Mm -hmm. where... It's now such an addiction and it's such an interest and such a passion yeah. that I want to express that to the world. And I want to give people the confidence that I'm 36 mm-hmm. and for much of my life I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Um, I now have enough knowledge and tools at my disposal to put myself in the best optimal kind of cognitive state, mental state, yeah. physical state. And I know I can get what I want now and more importantly, it's transcending into every other element of my life and I'm feeling yeah. alive and I, I just want to I want people to know that that's not out of outreach I'm not superhuman I'm very very average mm-hmm. very average but I'm finding this motivation to do more be more show up and 
give more to the world. Yeah. And it starts with the gym for me. So it's that, that powerful. And throughout the nation and through Instagram, I'm I'm letting people in on everything. Yeah. Because why not? Why not boxes. show you? When you're sitting there in your boxes. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 nothing being held back. I, I, I just think it's important that for leaders in this space that think they know what it takes. Yeah. And I would say many personal trainers and many people in the fitness space probably do know what it takes. Mm-hmm. But one, have they done it? And two, have they exposed the process walks and all? Yeah. And I'm willing to expose the... Not my walks. <laughs> in my boxes. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to expose that vulnerability yeah. of what it takes Important, when you've right? got many things that go against you. You're not always going to show up in the best possible mental state to have like great you said, workout. You've, you've fallen off the bandwagon a few times. Your hormones will get fucked up in yeah. at times. You will have life events that throw you off. Um, hey, turning up to work like a beast every day mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Anyone who says they do it is lying. Anyone who says I can rock up every single every single day and do crazy crossfit or crazy hit or you know just work with so, so much kind of output is lying. They can do that. Some people can do it more than others. But you need to cut yourself some slack. You're not yeah. always going to turn up and be your best. But that consistency of turning up irrespective of whether you're your mm-hmm. best or you're okay makes you better every day yeah just sets it just levels up the bar yeah so yeah for me it's all about character building it's all about growth it's all about impacting anything and everything around me Mm -hmm. because i've got one part of my life that rain or shine i turn up i do and i feel the benefits of and it just puts me in a great space to do other things steep man Steve. Yeah. Does so that I, want work? Go, I want to go back to um, a point that you touched on, but you said you were um, you're addicted to this shit. To put it into into your quote, <laughs> which is a nice segue to our, my next question go on then. that we got through. Um, how to create balance in life, and is there balance in life? And what do you do in order to juggle all of this? Okay. Um, I would I would say balance doesn't exist. Okay. If I'm honest, right? For it, or no, let's put it this way: if you want to be great at anything, mm-hmm. whether it's be be a great dad, you know, be a bodybuilder, yeah, <laughs> be great at work, have a fantastic career. I don't know. Be be a yogi, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you want to go do. Yeah, I don't think you can be great at one thing and be great at everything. Mm. You've got to choose. You've got to choose your battles. So you're saying the balance will be outweighed by what you want to achieve and be good at. And yeah, I, I I just don't think you can. I don't think you can be a great father, a great husband, be killing it at work, have. Your diet and uh, you know, nutrition and your kind of gym nailed on. You go to enough, have enough holidays. You see your friends as much as humanly possible. You're in a highly spiritual state. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do all of these things. Now, some people, through time, have been able to work on these individual elements 
and kind of lean in on one of those, mm-hmm. get them to a point that they're comfortable with that kind of like minimal viable standard. Yeah. And then that's become muscle memory. So now then they can layer on the next thing. So I believe in time, if you're purposeful, you can create balance because you've learned how to be as good as possible in each of those elements in your life. Yeah. But for most people, you haven't nailed everything mm-hmm. down. You still, there's, there's a process of learning, self-learning. And I just, I personally don't think you can get balance. I think anyone who strives for balance is aiming for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If you're that so convinced, what do you mean by that? if you're that convinced you want balance, mm-hmm. you're, you're basically saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to be particularly good at anything else. And, and I know people that sometimes they'll get somewhat jealous of because they've got, you know, they're really sharp as a father and, you know, family is everything. But that's great. They are. They're at that moment in their life, that's everything for them. Mm-hmm. But then I look at the other elements of their life and it's just meh. It's yeah. like, pfft, there's nothing else going on. And they may say, but I'm in a better place because I feel happier. I get lots of joy in you know seeing my kids grow up and being such a big part of their lives. And that's the most important thing. Totally agree. It's so important. But I have aspirations to be more than just a good father. I want to be, be great at so many things. And to do that, I have to accept there's periods in my life where I'm going to lean in on one thing and other things are going to get less of my attention. Yeah. There's a great book by a guy called um, Jay Pepperson. Right. And it's the book, the book called The One Thing. And he talks about exactly this. He's like, focus on your one thing, the thing that you're here to do, mm-hmm. the thing that gets you excited and motivated. Go do that. Throw everything into it and fuck balance. Balance will ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. You will, when you're trying to learn something new and you want to do it to an amazing level, think about Michael Phelps, swimmer. Think about Tom Brady, the, you know, the mega N- N- NFL football star. Um, think about Elon Musk. Think about, you know, all these businessmen that have achieved huge things. Mm-hmm. They don't have fucking balance. Same as athletes. Exactly. Yeah. Anyone who's the best at their game doesn't have balance. They are committing their life yeah. to their hot their sport. Mm. But in in sport, there's yeah. an analogy. You know, Michael Phelps. You know, now you know when he was in, whilst he's genetically gifted and has some, you know, he's predisposed to be doing well. He's tall and he's you know built in the right way. Good cardiovascular output. The reality is, if he didn't show up every single day and do hours and hours of training and nailing his recovery and not going out and seeing his mates as much as he wants and not drinking and not taking drugs, if if he wasn't doing those things, he would not have been as great as he was. One of my favourite sayings is, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's kind of what you're saying. You've got yeah. to... You may have the talent genetically... But you have to show up, you have to work hard, you have to have that balance, haven't you? Not balance, but you need to have that commitment. You need to give it your all. Do you think, I mean, like, do you think Michael Phelps in his heyday had balance? No, he didn't. He didn't because everything was about swimming. Yeah. Everything was about swimming. But now look at the results he's got. Now you look at his life. Balance I, change. I don't know his life now, but now I'm sure his focuses. Yeah. He focuses on different things, whether it's maybe about 
business, maybe it's about developing his mind, maybe it's spending time with his friends and family that he wasn't able to do before. It ebbs and flows. Mm. And the great thing is when you get great at one thing, you get this calm and serenity. Um, You get this confidence that you can attack Mm. anything in your life with the same level of vigour if you want to. And then you've got this muscle memory that's just been created from something you've you've perfected. And that's your new baseline. So... When you see people that seem to have the most balance and the most success, it's been through the years that they've dipped into just going full in on one area, built that capability, and then added a new capability. Then added a new thing they're great at. Then added a new thing they're great at. But if you look at Elon Musk, guarantee you he's not balanced right now Mm. because he's so passionate and so creative and so committed to the cause of Tesla and yeah. his space mission stuff. Um, is it SpaceX? Yeah, SpaceX, I think it's good. That, you know, he's all in on that. So the point I'm making here is balance, the get, get, get uncomfortable with being imbalanced. Accept that balance doesn't exist if you yeah. want the best life possible. Accept that you will go throughout your life where one thing has a larger share of your resources mm-hmm. than everything else. But Sacrifices it, have to be made. But it's not always work, yeah. right? I, I mean, I'll give, I'll give you an example. I'm, if I just think about, if I think about my life, I have basically flip-flopped my whole life between one thing I'm maniacally focused on to the next. And it looks like as if I just, I I can't keep my attention on one thing. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's just, you know, my energy goes where it needs to go for me to get, you know, juiced and excited about life and feel that I'm learning and developing. So when, you know, my first job, I was all in on my first job. Mm -hmm. It was, it was was a crappy job, but I, you know, I I threw everything into it. Yeah. And then from there, after I'd really learned it, I got the muscle memory of that job. It started becoming easier. I started getting bored. So then I then focused on growth mindset, read Anthony Robbins, started reading loads of books, started listening to loads of audio books, started, you know, my focus then was I want to grow my mind and I want to be more um, motivated and aspirational with my goals. I want to have bolder, more audacious goals in my life. And then from there, that landed me my next job, which was a significant move up. Mm -hmm. And then everything went into that job. Like everything else dropped and it was all about that job. And then I got good at that job, got great at that job. And then I started dialing back my energy because I could just do it Mm -hmm. with my eyes closed. And then I went on to fitness. I ran a marathon. Mm -hmm. And then after that marathon, that gave me the juice to then go and get myself another job. (laughs) And then I got that that job, which was Vericode. Spent six years there. A lot of that six years was trying to nail being great at that job, done fantastically well, has set the stage for me financially to be able to do what we do here today. Mm-hmm. And I've grown massively as a person, as, you know, uh, from a character perspective, from a personality perspective, from a leader perspective. Mm-hmm. But then it got to a point where it was easy again. And as yeah. soon as it became easy enough and I could be great or be very good without putting in as much effort, I then had the space and capacity to take that energy and put it somewhere else yeah and that's where then i started dialing in on my family making mm-hmm. sure i'm showing up and then started showing up on fitness 
wellness and strength. Yeah. And that's where we are today. We're like now my whole energy is strength, uh, you know, working out mm-hmm. wellness and being the best version of myself. And the great thing about where I'm at right now is that it's now the flow back into work, but they're now connected. And that's the yeah. exciting thing. Whereas I was going from, you know, strength and fitness to work, dropping strength and fitness, then going back to that, and then dropping that, then going into growth mindset, then dropping yeah. that, going into family. You know, I'm working with my so, wife. My my work is is fitness and wellness and being optimal. My family are connected into into what we're doing. I'm working from home a lot more. Yeah. Like now, I feel like I can throw everything into work again. Yeah. But I've configured it in such a way that I'm not going to lose would the you, things that matter most to me. Would you not say then that is balance? It's not balance. I'm not balanced right now, man. You know what, I'm not. What sacrifices are you making? What 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 are the things that that is out of balance? Would you say? In so your life? so even though I'm working from home, I'm not spending enough time with the girls. Hundred percent not. And Michelle does an amazing job of showing up mm-hmm. and making sure these care, these kids are. Woke up at the right time, taken to school, brought back, educated, mm-hmm. you know, uh, make sure they had fun, make sure they're fed and watered, that she's doing everything for them. Yeah. And I'm not showing up nearly as much as I should be. Mm-hmm. I'm here more than they've ever seen me before, but my mind is almost exclusively on work and the space we're working in, which is fitness and wellness. Yeah. So that's the imbalance I've got right now. But, but, I, but what am I doing to try and correct that? We've got a holiday lined up, which is a month where I'm just spending all my time with my kids and my family. And that's purposely put in because I knew I needed it. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I know that I go all in, I need to I need to schedule time to not be all in. So I schedule time to make sure I, I meditate. Meditate is too strong a word. Have mindfulness and breathing every yeah. single day, morning and night. I do that because if I don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. So I schedule meditation and, and mindfulness. Um, we've scheduled these holidays. Mm-hmm. I make sure I go to the gym every single day because that for me is is almost a release. As much as it's this kind of maniacal commitment, it's also a release from the stresses and pressures of everything else going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I try and bring in the necessary baseline of other things that are necessary so I can be good at work. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. But right now I'm all in on work. Yeah. Something that um, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, do you follow Gary Vaynerchuk social media? Yeah, I've seen him on Instagram. Yeah, so he's he's big on social media. Some of you guys may have or may have not heard of him, but he gets a lot of criticism for his out-of-balance work and family uh, lifestyle. All right. He works a lot. I don't think he sees his wife or his kids Monday to Friday. He's always flying, you know, here, there and everywhere, meetings. He's known for his long hours. He'll do like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, up to 18 hour days. Very little sleep and he just he just go, go, go all the time. And he's very open with it. But one thing he says is that it's not that, it's not about um, quantity, it's about quality when it comes to his family. He said, when I'm with my family, yes, I don't see them every day, but when I'm with them, I'm with them, phones off, I'm eye contact, I'm listening, I'm communicating. And he said that I'm 100% in when I'm with my family. 
he said most people are with their family every single day, yet not, really, yet not really with them. No, I yet not really with totally them. great. No, I need to fix that. Yeah, would you? It sounds like you're more like that. You're you you know you work work work, but then you're hundred percent when you're. No, I'm not. Often, are you I'm, not? So no, I'm not. You need to work. No, on. so I I would say my relationship with my girls is improving because I'm I'm here more because mm-hmm. I've all I've always been committed to work whilst since they've been alive, right? You know, eight and five. You know, it's been my my heyday for my career. So yeah, I haven't spent as much time as them as I'd well, like. When you are with them, what, what what are you like? So as I say, right now it's not great. It's not great because work has flow because I'm working from home mm-hmm. and there's lots of stuff going on in my head because yeah. I'm going through this learning phase where it's not muscle memory anymore. I'm doing lots of new yeah, things for the first time. Everything I'm I'm always thinking about stuff. Yeah. As a result. I'm thinking about work when I'm in the house as much as I am when I'm in the office and I'm on the phone a lot. So right now I need to fix that. They see me more than they've ever seen me before, but it's low quality. That being said, some of the, I used to be pretty uptight mm-hmm. and pretty um, rigid and uh, like overly focused on work. So then you wouldn't get much of my personality come out and, that was a problem I would see when I was with my family that I could loosen up. Yeah. I definitely find I'm getting, I'm dipping into being more loose with my family much more. Mm-hmm. So that's one good thing. But no, I'm not balanced on that side. That's why this, this holiday for a month in Australia is a big deal for me because it's all about us. You know, it's, it's paying back for the last couple of months where I've really been focused in on work more than anything else. Um, but yeah, so as I say, I, I'm not claiming that I've, I've worked it out. Balance for me doesn't exist, but I accept that. The last point on this, and I recall this, you know, sometimes you have conversations with people and they just mm. stick in your mind because they really make sense to you. Yeah. Michelle's dad, um, he's, he's really, you know, he's really proud of the life that Michelle and I have created for ourselves. You know, he grew up in poverty not knowing when his next meal is going to come, going to come from, never had any clothes, had hand-me-downs, you know, really didn't get looked after as a kid. He had a really tough upbringing. And, you know, through hard work and commitment, created a nice family unit, you know, family values, brought up uh, Michelle and Chris, great kids, uh, now great adults. And they were able to create a reasonable amount of wealth for someone who started from nothing. You know, yeah. bought out their own house, was able to give money to their kids so they can buy their own first homes. They've done a really good job of being parents. Um, but he's always worked incredibly hard, mm-hmm. as in hours. Now, the work he does has never been particularly mentally taxing, and he'll fess up to that. He uh, polishes instruments, and he's done that for most of his life. Mm-hmm. But he shows up and he does, he's been doing that all of his life, every single day, no days off. And... He's had times where he's had to do double shifts, work, you know, 14 hour days, you know, have second jobs, go, you know, just hardly ever see his kids. And I've said to him, I sometimes get pretty pissed off at myself and upset Mm. with the level of commitment I've had to my work throughout my kids' lives. And he pulled, pulled me to one side and said, never, he said, do not be guilty for what you're doing, Steve. Look how happy your kids are. Look at what they have. Mm. Look at the opportunities they have. Look at the lessons they're learning. Um, they don't have to fear. They don't have to want for anything. Mm. Their lives are set. They're getting so many experiences. They don't have to worry. They've got no financial stress. They've got no anxieties. Mm. 
they've got none of the pressures and shit that I had to deal with as a kid. Yeah. Their life is amazing, and then as a grandfather, it just fills me up inside to see the life that you've been able to create for our girls, mm-hmm. for, for these grandkids. So please never feel guilty mm-hmm. for your commitment to being your best and as a result, giving the best life you possibly can to your girls. They're going to get you. They'll get you when they can. And when they get you, they're going to get you properly. Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather you create the foundation and the future and the safety and the excitement that you give these girls every day mm-hmm. versus you showing up and being there every single day for your kids yeah. and not having a job or you know doing a low-level job and earning next to nothing just so you can be home with the girls and have stresses and worries and financial problems and not being able to give them what you want. You're doing the right thing and don't ever feel guilty. And that, that was what I needed to hear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I suppose it will get to a point where you've built such a life that works for you guys that the quality of your life is is great and then you can start to move your focus, like you said, more towards on your, you know, spending quality time with your kids, maybe a bit more time with your kids, but you're kind of building this foundation right now and you're, you're kind of making a sacrifice, that sacrifice, yeah. in order to get there. But when you're there, as long as you're mindful of it and then you're not like, okay, now we're in a good position, I'm just going to carry on working and not kind of correct this this um, out of balance um, You need to... You just need to know that you are out of balance. Yeah. Like, I know I am. I know that I don't see my friends as much as I'd like. Yeah. But this year, as much as I'm working harder than I have done for a long time, I've had more social, you know, more planned social activity than I had last year. And it's only been a couple of months in because we've checked ourselves at the beginning of the year. So this is going to be really hard. So we need to force Mm. downtime. So we're forcing schedule, you know, people coming around, we're having dinner, we're going places, we're doing things with people. I'm forcing that social side out of me more. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think adaptation is forcing me to be more social because it's a very social-oriented yeah. you know, Space. pursuit. Yeah. So they're, they're the ways I'm trying to create balance, but it is not balanced. It isn't in any stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, I find myself leaning in too much on work and feeling overwhelmed at times. Mm. But I know it's a, it's, it's a journey of building up muscle memory. Yeah. And as soon as I build up that muscle memory up enough, such that the buys you a bit more time, I don't have to think as much, and I just go do, then it allows me to do other things. Mm. So message to to the guys out here is get comfortable being in in imbalance. Except that balance doesn't exist unless actually I wouldn't say I don't I don't think it ever exists because I think even if people don't have a good life, and you know yes they get to see their kids. And yes, they get, they've got just a normal nine to five. Uh, and yes, they go on holiday a few times a year. And, you know, whatever. I'm sure if you ask anyone in any spectrum of quote-unquote success, mm-hmm. they would say they're not balanced. They've, there's always something that's overtaxing themselves yeah. or they don't get enough of something else. It is what it is. And you, and you have the ability to choose what it is. Like you're choosing to prioritise your career. And I think a lot of people are overly consumed with things that they don't necessarily choose or want to be consumed with. And it's being aware of what's taking up most of your time and headspace and going, do I really want to use up all my energy and time on that? Or do I want to 
you know see my kids more it's up to you you, you know you choose There's, especially um in the uk or a land of opportunity you can get another job and and or you can build you know the opportunity to build your own business you know there's so much opportunity that you can build in order to help support your lifestyle build the lifestyle that you want it's it's within reach it is but i i also think that growth is the most important thing mm. you know for me if you're not growing you're dying right so i know i'm most alive when i feel i'm developed i, think I stopped growing when i was uh, 18. <laughs> <laughs> For a while. I, I just you know look at nature right look at look at anything if it's not growing it's dying yeah if it's not growing it's dying so I've I've kind of tapped into that pretty early on in my life and realized mm-hmm. that I need to be learning and developing something needs to be developing if I'm not making steps forward mm-hmm. whether it's reading a book or learning a new thing whether it's golf or photography or or it's cuisine, or, you know, it's being a better father. You can grow in any aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. But you, but feeling that you're growing, you can't be that feeling, man. That's why mm-hmm. I go to the gym, because it helps me grow physically That's and mentally. the journey again, isn't it? Right? That's why, you know, you know I bought myself a new camera last night, and I, I read the, the booklet, huge booklet, front to back, mm. because... I don't want to do something unless I know what I'm fucking doing. Mm-hmm. And I like acquiring new knowledge and feeling slightly better today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's that incremental growth every single day that if you can build your life around, okay, how can I just be, learn something new today? How can I develop myself a little bit more? Mm-hmm. You, you'll find that you'll put even more of your kind of quota of time into growth and then growth just creates so much opportunity. You talk about opportunity in mm-hmm. this country. It is not for the lazy. It's not there for everyone. It's not gifted on a plate, on a platter. The opportunity is, is abundant. Yeah. yeah. But you need to, you've got to step up and grow and you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you've got to be comfortable being out of balance in the pursuit of being better. And that's... And accepting... Word on that. That is, <laughs> And I think it's accepting that there is no destination. It's always a journey. 100%. And you're either going up or you're going down. Agreed, man. Cool. Well, that, that, I thought that was a great yeah. conversation. Thanks for asking the questions. And no hopefully for you and the people listening, there's a little bit more insight into how I tick. And um, hopefully it's something that can inspire others to just yeah. take some action. Okay. All right. So that covers this episode. Guys, we're all about providing you the tools and expert knowledge to help improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Thanks, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And, of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.